0: And the host of this show. Eric Gordon is an award winning director and producer who has exhibited his work at film festivals worldwide. Gordon has worked on major feature films, music videos, serving as both cinematographer and associate producer. His background in documentary film shows his versatility. Documentaries shot and edited in Key West and in Calabria, Italy, and stateside. Gordon holds a Master's of Fine Arts in Film Production from the University of Miami, as well as a Certificate in Documentary Arts from the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University, with a focus on documentary marketing and distribution. Over the past six years, he's produced, shot, and directed the feature-length documentary, When All That's Left Is Love. It's an emotionally gripping film about his aging mother's determination against nearly impossible odds to care for her Alzheimer's husband at home and by herself. The film gives viewers an unprecedented behind-the-scenes understanding of a medical dilemma that currently has no cure, but has patients who depend heavily on the heroic tenacity and love of the Alzheimer's caregivers. His nonprofit fiscal sponsor is the well-known group from the Heart Productions. And Carol, you. you get to work personally with Eric, right?
1: Yes, Claire, I love working with Eric. He's always a joy. This man is always happy. There's something wonderful going on with him every time I talk to him. Thank you, Eric, for joining us.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Claire.
1: Yes. Well, we want to learn about your brilliant award winning documentary, When All That's Left Is Love. And so we'll cover the concept and the production. And we want to know how you built such an amazing relationship with your film sponsors because you're successfully showing this film to thousands of people that need this content. So let's start with when and why did you start making this lovely film?
2: So my, um, I got a phone call from my mother that my dad was lost. And at the time I was working um, doing event sponsorships. at at our local radio station here and I ran home and that's how I found out my dad had Alzheimer's. Um, I noticed that my mom couldn't do this by herself. So I moved in and started caring for my father for about, believe it or not, five or six years. And I said, my filmmaking instincts kicked in and I said, Eric, something's going on here. You need to start filming. And at the time, my dad was starting a a research clinical trial program. So I approached Dr. David Watson from the Alzheimer's Research and Treatment Center and said, would you mind if I please film the program? And it turned out to be a lot deeper and a lot more heartfelt than I could ever have imagined because, unfortunately, we captured the complete breakdown of a of a of a caregiver and because of the access that i had um being in ground zero in Boynton beach um i was fortunate to have other caregivers who are dealing with with the same situation to allow me into their lives as well and we built a, an amazing trust together and that's how the the project began
1: and you – so by looking at the whole study and, and interviewing and watching all these people, you knew what your mother was in for. You knew it was going to be a, an impossible task to do all this by herself, right?
2: I I, I did, but I didn't really realize – yes, I did. I, I didn't realize how intense and how horrendous the disease becomes at, at the end. Becomes,
1: well, I I love the film, and I one of my favorite scenes is when your father. You're going somewhere to the grocery store or something, and your father walks out of the house in his shorts, in his underwear without his pants, and you said, "Dad, we you have to get wear your pants." What? What are you? What's the problem? And I thought that, that was so precious because he was so childlike and and caring and loving but then of course he just wasn't connected and and uh, all the love that comes through that film is unbelievable because you're either laughing or crying when you look at it and um, it's a, such an important film for all of us because it really tells us that it's all about love that's what we came in here for Eric you're proving that with this film
2: mm. Thank you. Yes, I agree. That's really uh, what we have in life is love.
1: So, um, let's let's talk about how much time did you put into the film while your father was alive.
2: So, I filmed. Um, I it, the total project took six years to make. I filmed for about four years of of the total filming, and. With editing alone, we did over 900 editing hours in an editing suite. So it was a very intense project and still is to this day for for um, outreach. Trying to get community engagement screenings is just as much work as making the film actually.
1: Oh, I think it's probably more work, and and you're doing a great job. We're going to cover all that. But I just want to know, when you started filming, how did your mother uh, handle that? Was that okay with her that you were getting into their private life? And Because sometimes, you know, she's saying, I, I can't take this. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and the whole audience is saying, we agree. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I, I think because um, being an actor since I'm, very young. And because I had a master's in film, she was sort of used to my filmmaking project. And when we first started, my mother, it really wasn't, you know, as intense as, as it, it, it had gotten. So I think it really, she did it. My mom is my hero. She did an amazing job. She, I don't even think at and at one point, Either one of us knew that the camera was rolling 24 hours a day. It actually became an extension of my arm. And I think my mom understood the importance of, we didn't know exactly the importance at the time, but we knew that we were doing something important for the world um, related to Alzheimer's and caregiving. And I I love her very much. And I think she's so brave to have allowed me to, to make this film. And I just want to note, of course, there there were times where she would say, you know, get that camera off me, and <laughs> and and she just really, you know, really, um, this really came from her heart, and and just she, you know, she only had love for my dad, but, you know, there's it was an unfortunate situation.
1: Well, it's an it's a very honest film. Uh, you've put the critical issues in there, and you understand from watching that that you have to go into a situation like that with total patience and total understanding and love. It's all that's going to carry you through. So your, your title is very apt. And I wanted you to tell us about the professor that came to see you at the Longleaf Film Festival. You won Best Overall Feature Doc, right? Tell me.
2: Yes, we, we did. We just, on May 11th, at the Longleaf Film Festival at the Museum of History in Raleigh, North Carolina, we had our first film festival screening. And then that evening, I was presented with Best Overall Featured Documentary Award. We we're, were so honored. And in the screening in the, the morning, one of my professors, Randy Benson, from the Center of Doc Studies at Duke University, Came to see my film, the final completion of the film, and he turned to me and said, "Brother, you're changing the world."
1: Oh, how nice! Yes, you need that. that was you need that. Yes, because I know how hard you work, Eric, and it's all paying off. Well, now let's talk about uh, some of the wonderful people that are helping you financially with the film and through screenings and let's start with the Alzheimer Research and Treatment Center. Tell us about that
2: so so that's interesting um, story. Um, Dr. David Watson, who I had mentioned to you before, he's really how I began to to start this project because we were in that clinical trial and Dr. Watson um allowed me you know into his office to film, and what Happened later on, many, many years later, actually, because the film took, you know, many years to to develop the story and edit, and I would keep him involved with the whole process of the film, and as I got closer, and I started seeing the costs, my run, money started running out, <laughs> and I started seeing the costs involved to finish the film, because I was getting ready to... Um, hire a composer for the music score and I was a little shocked by the the cost involved for a composer so because of my deep relationship with Dr. Watson I you know shared with him he he had been following me and my my hard work and I approached him and said you know I need help with um getting money for the composer and Dr. Watson took care of the 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 funds for the composer
1: Oh, how wonderful. He paid for the music. Bravo.
2: He paid for the music.
1: Now, that's really what it's all about. You see, when you donors are giving money to you, cause, and the guy saw how hard you worked and dedicated, uh, and yes, he wanted to help you. And I'll, I think a lot of donors like it when they know that their money goes for one specific thing right? And he liked that
2: fact, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, Carol, I, I do want to mention one thing. Um, I hope I'm not going out of order, but this was the same time frame that I sort of did everything a little backwards because I didn't have a grant proposal or a budget. And I said, Eric, your funds are running out. I worked very hard my day job and any extra money I had, I used, to the making of this documentary, and I ran all of you know my money, my funds were running out because I had a lot of bills. And when when you start seeing these enormous costs involved with documentary, you realize you better start doing something. So I put together a grant proposal and a budget, and that is how I reached out to you. And I, I have to tell you that you were crucial in my and pivotal in in changing my thinking. And making me get money. Um, I, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart because from the Heart Productions is why I'm where I'm at today, one of the main reasons.
1: Oh, how kind of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that because <clears throat> you, you did an excellent grant. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Eric, for the compliment.
2: Yes, now, tell me. Co-
1: <laughs> Sorry?
2: No, please.
1: Dignity Memorial Chapel Funeral Home is uh, also uh, has been helping you with the film. Tell us how they got involved.
2: So Dignity again, <laughs> I have to go back to the beginnings of From the Heart. Um, I uh, approached you, and I and you were were giving me guidance. And Carol Joyce, who is also um, part of From the Heart. Mentioned to me to think outside the box, so when I started thinking outside the box, I said, You know my film deals with death, unfortunately, which comes with alzheimer's, and we have um, at the end of the film I don't, we have we deal with the emotional distress of of, of dealing with funerals and and, and and the death of a patient. so I reached out. To funeral homes because I thought what an important issue we could discuss with caregivers about pre-needs and the cost involved. A lot of people don't realize how expensive it is when you pass away and then you can bring that burden onto your family um, with the, the, amount, the, the amount of cost. So I reached out to various funeral homes to tell them you know, I, I my goal is to educate caregivers, and I want to share this with the world. And I would love for you to come in. And Dignity Memorial, um, Melissa and Michael Tavers were unbelievable. The found they have a foundation, and the foundation vetted my film, and they saw. They also are, they also believe in educating caregivers, not just about getting business, and they sponsored gave us a national community engagement sponsorship.
1: Wow. Isn't that marvelous? And so you went in and talked to them? Is that what you did? Did you go to see them personally?
2: So I'm 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 really the believer uh I hope this helps filmmakers. So I am I'm the a, I'm a believer that any screening you have, even if you're starting out with your first rough cut screening or you're you're you finally add music I make my screenings almost like a show. and uh, um, So I, I make it an event and an experience. And I invite various different people that I think would want to be part of the film. I don't think just money at first. I think how can we build a relationship together? And so uh, at these screenings, I would invite all of these different various organizations, um, whoever it may be, for example, in this, since we're speaking about Dignity, I invited a few funeral homes um, out there, and it actually so and from that we um, once they saw the film, I was able to ask them to take them to lunch and tell them my goals and the importance of educating people in the community nationwide, and that I could get them in front of thousands of people, their target audience and so from that, they vetted me it takes months and months and months, but they believed in my passion. They believed in the project, and I'm I'm so grateful and humbled and fortunate to have them part of my team.
1: Exactly, because they are they are part of the process. And the fact that they had money set aside uh, to give to people and to filmmakers is brilliant. Now and then you also worked with the Camp Institute and
2: Foundation. Tell us about that. So when I um, when I was starting to, to finalize the, the story of the film and finish the film, again, I go back to the when you do a budget and you see the costs involved with outreach, it's quite daunting and quite scary. And it really, you know, puts a, a – a, a, it makes you really think, how am I going to fund this film? And so – I was outside, this is interesting real quick story, I think is real interesting. I was outside uh, at the Center for Doc Studies uh, at some point at a hotel, and it was three in the morning, freezing cold, and I was having a smoke. My bad habit, but I was having a smoke, and I met <laughs> up with a gentleman who said he was here as an Alzheimer's researcher, and he said, are you going to the Alzheimer's Summit? And I said, what's the Alzheimer's Summit? And he goes, it's in D.C., <laughs> And I said, yeah. he goes, you need to be there. So I went there, and I, from that, I found out about the Alzheimer's Association Conference. I, may, I went to the Alzheimer's Association Conference, and let me tell you, I didn't know why I was going there at first. I just knew I needed to be there. And somebody at the conference said to me, Eric, you need to meet with these foundations. They have funding available, and they love to support. You know, different various projects that would educate caregivers, and I was walking down an aisle four or five minutes later, incredible story, and I walk up to the Roscom Foundation Institute booth, and I they say hi, how are you, and they say what what do you do, and I said I'm a filmmaker. I just finished a documentary on Alzheimer's caregivers. They looked at each other strange. And they turned to me and they said, we were just talking about backing a some type of media project. I called them wow. a week later, drove over to Sarasota with a big heart cake, showed them the film, and from there, it's history. Oh, my gosh. Well, the best part, you
1: drove over with a heart a, a, a cake, like a heart?
2: Uh-huh. Story. Oh,
1: that's beautiful. Oh, right. Well, this is the thing. Every time we've ever spoken about what's going on, what are you doing, you're always, you never walk into an office without bringing something. You always bring a gift of something, right? You tell me every time. I took him some cookies, I took him a cake, whatever. And people love that. Um, we, in my teaching uh, class, uh, Stuart Weil talks about the fact that you give uh, to people, you open people's hearts through your giving and they get to know who you are. So I bet the cake was a something they loved, right?
2: They, they really loved it. And actually, if it's okay, I'd like to mention, um, you had also mentioned to me, be clever, Eric, and think outside the box when I'm at these conferences. So I took your advice as well, and I'm making little chocolate hearts that say love. So anywhere I go, I think it's really important that as a filmmaker, as an indie filmmaker, any screening that we have, for me, if it's one person or 10 people or 100 people, even one more person to watch my film is important. So I really believe it's crucial for a filmmaker to go to any screening they can possible and give something, hand something out. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it makes them a little curious. It makes them a little bit happier, and they'll show up to your film. And from my past experience, I've noticed that you never know what's going to happen from one person watching your film, all the other doors that could open, or just the fact that you're impacting them, making a difference in their life. So,
1: So that's what I'm doing Oh, it's wonderful. You're getting the film to the market, and these are the people you made the film for and uh, and they are thrilled to see it. You're going to carry this everybody. all of us are going to carry this film with us forever uh, and it's really an important uh, learning seminar almost that you go through when you see the film. but that reminds me the Sarasota uh, senior uh, information. Bureau also helped you. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, so um, so I I uh, approached uh, Stephen um, Plonsky and and Brian and Stephen from Senior Information Centers. We had my mom and I had visited them um, years ago, years before, because they help seniors with uh, legal issues or. Um, putting, pe- you know, finding nurses or doing their pharmaceutical drugs. And so I approached them again. I uh, uh, set up a meeting with one of the caregivers who's in, in my film. She had a really close relationship with the lawyer and Stephen and Brian. And I approached Arlene Rothman, who's in my film, and I said, Arlene, can you get me a meeting with Stephen and Brian? She got me a meeting with them. I showed them a few clips of the film. Uh, We met for lunch, and again, they believed in what I was doing. They have the same heart and goal as I do, mission of educating caregivers, and hopefully they'll see new business. And so they um, are one of our main sponsors now as well. And without them, I don't think I would have been able to finish the film because they paid for all the funds to, to get the documentary finished.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. And getting uh, your friend to introduce you and to get you that first meeting is so smart of you because people pay much attention when uh, someone calls on their behalf. I always do. I like that. It's an introduction. And you judge the people coming in by the person that you already know so the more integrus uh, and creative that person is who in- introduces you that you're going to walk in there with some good vibes and you're you're on your own once you get in there but getting in there is a the key and other people are really a brilliant way to achieve that so that's great that you have used that well, now tell me, so these are some of the money sources that you've used. Um, but you started out shooting at your house and things. So when did you decide that you had to create a package? And, and tell us something about your package, how you put it together. Because obviously you've done an excellent job. All of these people are behind you. And they, so what materials did you create for them?
2: So, um, again, to to go back, just a, just a, a drop. So when I started um, realizing the enormous cost involved with outreach, um, I decided that uh, I needed to make a, a grant proposal and I needed to also make a budget. And that really was eye-opening for me. So what I did was I... Hold on one sec, sorry, my phone was beeping in. So what I did was I had reached out to you, thank God, that I met from the Heart Productions. Um, Again, I go back to that because that was so pivotal for me, focusing and, and really changed my life because I realized how important it was to envision and realize that the power of your mind is so important um, and so I made my vision board. I listened to those classes that you have on Saturdays. I listened to everything Carol, Joyce, and you told me, and I followed those directions, plus utilizing my own experiences. And since I was the event coordinator at, and sponsorship development um, uh, officer at Clear Channel, I knew the importance of branding and putting together a package. People want to see that they're going to receive value for, for what they're giving. So I, put to, I started thinking outside the box, and I realized as a filmmaker, and I want to share this with other filmmakers, it's really, really extremely important to know your, your target audience. So, you know, I remember hearing at some of my classes, it can't be just for everybody, the film. It has, you have to have your target audience. So I thought about my target audience, and I started thinking about people that would want to get in front of this target audience, medical professionals, Alzheimer's caregivers, people who are, have a loved one who have Alzheimer's. And I started to develop a, 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 a package for these people so they would get their logo on the website. They would get announced at these screenings. They would get their logo on the film. So I thought of all of these different ways that, that I could help their organizations, and I gave them my passion and love and told them how important this was for me to educate caregivers, and they followed suit, and they all came on board, like I said. So, Oh, this is wonderful,
1: and you gave them levels of donation based on a higher level, financial level would give them more uh, what, more gifts, I guess, or more exposure
2: or marketing? Yeah, like if if they gave the full amount, then they would be on the front of the film. Um, their logo would be on the front of the film, and they would get more and more. But yeah, actually, to be honest with you, that's interesting. Thank you for asking that. But I've, I've come to the point where I no longer even – I'm only asking for the larger amount because I now believe in the value of of what I'm doing and so far every single one of these organizations have gotten new business from our, directly from our film and we haven't even started our lo- really our local community engagement screening tour as of yet
1: oh my goodness just from the screenings you're having they're already getting benefiting
2: yes every one of them this is brilliant
1: well um all right, so I'm sure that there are a lot of extra costs involved with the outreach. Because uh, could, could you share some of those with us?
2: Yes, please. So, so, um, so I when I was putting together, like I told you, that budget and that grant proposal, uh-huh. boy, was it eye awakening filmmakers out there. The cost involved <laughs> with outreach, I think, is even much more. Than your production costs. Um, most of my production costs, people jumped in and you know devoted their time because they wanted to get a screen credit. But when you run into outreach, you're running into such enorm- enormous enormous costs. For example, I was I did a lot of research on outreach, and I started noticing. So I had to put the budget together. So I was noticing the the various costs, poster. Press kits, graphic designers, trailers, festival fees that can run over five thousand dollars for festival fees. Social impact um, producers. Um, you want you need a DCP, which is a digital cinema, cinema package, to project thousands of dollars. Um, publicity, publicity stills, private screenings, traveling, broadcast cut, and they add up and up and up to over uh, they could uh, go over hundreds of thousands of dollars actually. So so that's what I ran into and that's why it's so crucial that you find people that believe in your project, show them the love and they will sponsor they will will see your vision and help get that project out into the world. I believe. Well,
1: that. it's it's what you said you have to know your target audience. That's who you're making the film for, but you really need to identify that because those are the people that you want to go to their conventions and then uh, talk to them, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And just speaking about that, we were fortunate from the – I had mentioned to you that I met the Roscomp at the Alzheimer's Association annual meeting right. last year. I also uh-huh. met a woman who was a psychiatrist. And from Johnson Johnson and Ruby Castilla, an amazing lady, who submitted our project as a media project at the American Psychiatric Association's conference, and we just got back from screening there in San Francisco. And from that, already people are emailing how we've changed their thinking, how we've made an impact, and how can they screen the film? And they're even offering ideas of, of where to screen it and, and how to get a, a how to get this film in their community.
1: Oh, and Pretty this incredible. Is really, yeah, that's very important. Well, let me ask you about getting it in those communities. Are you selling DVDs? I don't know if they're still being used
2: or not. So I haven't, we, we haven't gotten that far yet. Um, I'm sort of holding off on that because I don't want the project out in anybody's hands as of yet. I, I sort of want to hold on to the, to the film itself. And Carol, it's important that I say that for me, I haven't taken a penny from this film. I know people say you should pay yourself. I just, I really made this film out of love and I'm using any funds that we get to the, to the nonprofit go directly back into the, to the outreach of the film. It's that important to me. So I've noticed that I don't, you have to be very careful where your film goes out because if your film gets online somehow, you can ruin your, some of your chances of showing at film festivals. And if it's available, then people have no interest of even you know, purchasing a licensing fee to screen the film itself. So I'm finding it's very important to keep um, real control and track of where your project is, especially at this early stage of the film.
1: Okay, but eventually you'll, you will start selling uh, downloads or are letting yes. people screen it in community screenings.
2: Yes, exactly. Um we had, we people don't know our relationship, but yes, I, I based on what you've told me, I I'm going to be doing that. Yes.
1: Right. This is yet to come. So that's, God willing, where some of the income coming back can help pay you for this because we want you to make more films. You have to be <laughs> get, taken <laughs> care of here. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Well, thank you. I know you, you really learned a lot about the legal side of self-distribution. Self-distri- uh, I'm wondering, if, can you share anything with us on that, the legal
2: stuff? You know, so so far, um, I, I've been keeping it um, very simple. The one thing I did run into that that I think it's important for filmmakers to know is, and this is about production, if it's okay, is that there's a, a scene. My dad worked for Disney World. He um, was was a, a merchandiser, and I found a clip, and I had a very difficult time trying to reach. Um, anybody in the department anybody in the Disney department, so I spoke with um, a few entertainment lawyers at some I think I went to a few I go to a lot of workshops or wherever wherever I can find workshops on on how to make documentary. I make sure I go and network and meet people. and at those at those events, such as the artists convening in North Carolina from the southern um, the Southern fund, they host a, a weekend every year. I asked a few lawyers, and they told me that it wasn't necessary for me to buy the footage because I could use the footage, it, since it's being used in a, in a completely different way than the way they made it, I can use it as fair use. And that was one key thing that, I, that I've that i learned. And another thing that I learned um, related to legal issues is that I, I, I'm keeping it m- much simpler by using Going through a profit which I think is really important um not only for direction but also to keep to keep it um foundations love to give other foundations monies to educate people in the community, as I stated before
1: Yes that's very true. They feel secure that the foundation they're giving to will make sure that you follow through because heretofore there were years ago there were a lot of films that got financed but never got finished. So nowadays they want to make sure that you finish the film. So you've done all that. You've you've got a gold star as far as most of your donors are concerned. You are they're very happy all of them. So what do you um Think about 2019-2020 uh, for your uh, distribution. Any plans you want to share with us?
2: Yeah, so so what we're doing is we have about 225 film festivals we're waiting to hear back from. Um, we just, like I said, got into our first film festival at Longleaf Film Festival at the Museum of History. It was amazing. The group was amazing. Thank you, Sally. Shout out to Sally Bloom. Um, we showed at the American Psychiatric Association's National Conference in San Francisco. Next week, we're at the Bureau Beach Wine and Film Festival. And we just got into another film festival, Desertscape in Utah. And we're so excited to, to screen in Utah. Our local community engagement screening tour and national tour will begin in the fall. And what I'm doing is I'm making it, as you stated, an educational experience. So caregivers or medical professionals or whoever wants to see the film and be impacted by Alzheimer's would come, have breakfast, walk around, meet all the community engagement partners. I would do brief introductions at the breakfast and have, some, have them speak about their organizations and what services they offer. And then we screen the film. And once we're done screening the film, I, I'm gonna be having clinical trial specialists speak about hope, what's on the horizon, and why clinical trials are so important to finding a cure. And that's the only way we're going to find a cure because they're having a very difficult time getting people into clinical trials. And I just wanted to note that's another way that we're going to find, hopefully fund our national community engagement screening tour and take this all over the nation to every major city is through um, clinical trial donors and people who are looking to target people to get people into a clinical trial. So that's our next step, but we have major screening set up. We're so excited. We're at the gerontological associations national conference in November in Austin. And again, Carol Dean, I I, I just love you and your organization (laughs) because I can't thank you enough for the guidance you're giving me and the, the places you're sending me to go to. It's, You're you're incredible, and again, I'm not just saying that. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart.
1: Oh, Eric, I sincerely thank you, because what you're doing is so important, and I'm over here watching it, and I love being a part of this. It's a joy. Well, let's get to um, what do you think is the most important lesson that you can share with filmmakers about raising money?
2: So... Um, uh, I'm going to answer that, but right before I answer it, I do want to say, which relates to this um, one thing I found important is collaboration. Having an amazing team is really important. I hope filmmakers realize that. And if you show the passion and what you're doing, you don't have to pay full fees. You can get people to help consult on your project. They're more than happy to answer questions. For example, when I first reached out to you, I was calling you. I Googled amazing fiscal sponsors, found you, and asked you a question, and you had no problem answering and helping me. And that's how, for example, I built my relationship with you. Um, I wasn't a brilliant grant writer, so I called, I found an amazing um, grant writer to help consult. You know, normally it would be astronomical charges, but because I did a lot of the work, they jumped in and, and helped consult. And so again, I want to thank, for example, Carol Rainey. Um, I have an impact producer that has been crucial in guiding me. She's amazing. And she's, I'm sure she charges a, a, a you know a lot of money. I don't know, but she's so brilliant. Christina Lindstrom. Um, and then I brought in a marketing team to help consult. And so I think these are key things to remember that. For outreach that collaborating and building a really strong team is very important. And one thing also I learned, and I hope this can help caregivers is take a deep breath. You have this, you can do this. You need to believe in yourself, believe in your project, be passionate. You will do this. You, it will happen. And it takes a lot of time. It takes years and years and years, but look for pro look for giving programs from corporations think outside the box and and i believe that all of us as filmmakers will succeed or i hope we all will and i only send love to everybody
1: oh how nice of you thank you very much you you're going to make a lot of filmmakers happy you've given them great advice and direction and all of us sincerely thank you for the work you've done on this film because you are helping through the clinical trials, you're helping with the caregivers so they know how to handle situations after watching your film. But there is so much to learn about caring for anyone. So we, all of us, thank you very much for you, your film, your family. Tell your mother hello from me. She's so delightful. I will. Okay. Well, thank you, Eric, and thank you, Claire. It's been a wonderful interview. We sincerely appreciate all this information.
2: Thank you so yes, much.
0: Yes, we sure do, Eric.
2: Thank you, Ms. Carol. All right, and may
0: the oh, you are so welcome, and may the work continue with great prosperity and creativity and all that makes it happen through that passion that you have for what you do.
2: Thanks.
0: Okay, thank you, Eric. You're welcome. Bye, Miss Carol.
2: Bye. Take care, bye, ladies.
0: Thanks. Okay. Bye. And also to our listeners, I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations that you have given at FromTheHeartProductions.com to support our podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you, and we'd love to hear from you with your ideas for more shows. What are some topics that you would like covered? Who would you like interviewed? Who would you like to hear? Uh, Perhaps teachers that you know in the film industry. We're always open to your feedback. Just let us know. And please join us next week for the Art of Film Funding podcast. and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com.